Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, you ever had one of those days where even the most minor of things irritate you? I'm having one of those days. So let me let me apologize to you in advance. If I come off uh, irritated about something, it, it, it's not your fault. Well, I kind of noticed that. Austin, did you notice that? I think we... Well, your opinion did irritate me in the first segment. But <laughs> I made it worse. That, that... <laughs> Threw gas on the fire. <laughs> you did. No, no, it's okay. I understand. And now we're going to talk to Frank Dolce, who, who's... Uh-huh. Always uplifting, so that that will be good. We want to remind you to join Scotty and Hans coming up on Monday. That's the 23rd of September from noon to 3 at My Hearing Center in Sandy, 8941 South, 700 East, Suite 204. Have you, have you heard some of the remotes they've done for My Hearing Centers? There's some really cool technology. Yeah. I don't have hearing problems, and I've thought of calling them because they have this like Bluetooth stuff where you can like hook it up to your TV or stereo. So even if you're in a room full of crowded people, you can be watching your show or whatever, or listening to what's going on on the yeah, stereo. That, that is nice. How rad would that be? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you talk to anybody who is who has suffered from that, and it is frustrating. You know, I've always wondered, Jake, with us being in these these loud arenas so many times i've always wondered whether that would have, would affect our hearing over time and i think maybe i have lost a little bit but nothing severe at least nothing that i've noticed but you know i mean we have our headphones on every day it's cranked up loud and i, don't I, know. I was gonna say yes the arena probably would have something to do with it but those things in your ears right now do far more damage i would guess yeah, maybe and so. uh, not to say this to you but earbuds are supposed to be worse yeah for you. Well, that's good. My uh, headphones are broken. I know yeah. they are. So, you mail them back? I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to. Oh, I see. Because I I spent a pretty penny on those. I know. Didn't you buy them at the airport? Well, I've had a bunch of headphones through the years, and those are the by far the nicest I've ever had, and they've been <laughs> crappy. Well, don't first of all, don't buy headphones at the airport. Well, it was I'm sure it was, they're nice, no, but come it on. Was, it was a brand of head it was a brand of headphones that are well recognized and uh, the the price I asked the guy and I checked to see uh, if they were charging me more cuz I was on my way to to a certain location when I bought the headphones. A certain location? Hawaii. Uh, it, no, it was Aruba. No. Jamaica. Uh-uh. Ooh, I want to take yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. It was Key West. Oh. But I think it was Key West. Might uh, be one of those other I have so many of these. How can I possibly be expected to know which one? <laughs> but uh, he said the price was the same. I don't know if and, it's true. And you bought it. I did. I did. $1,800. <laughs> why, why, seems why would fair. you lie? You know, that salesperson was just looking out into the terminal, and he's like, where's my pigeon? <laughs> 
<laughs> that dude right there. No, because I had my phone with me and I Googled it. I thought you just said you didn't know. No, I did know. Oh. I Well, I didn't know before, but then I did know oh. after. And I don't know. It was a ballpark. It was in the ballpark. It might not have been the So $1,000 for headphones. That's a pretty good deal, huh? For both head, but the both left and the years? right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, wrap it up. $1,000, but, it, was, but, but it, broke. it broke inside of like three months. You guys know this. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Uh, visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, he is our Ute insider. You can hear him on Friday, part of our Ute pre and post-game coverage, and he joins us weekly here on The Big Show. He is Frank Dolce. What up, Frank? Hey, good afternoon, guys. I've never spent more than $500 on headphones. Oh, is that never more than that? Is that all? Hey, Frank, can you speak Never up? more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Frank, uh, I got to say, I had a good time on Saturday, man. We had fun uh, doing pre and post for that Idaho State game. I know the game wasn't, you know, the most entertaining game in the world, but I, I thought we put together a pretty good show. You know, it, we didn't have a lot of material with which to work. And I think what, you know, what we were able to mold out of that was fairly impressive uh, because that game was – I'm not going to call that game a stinker. I mean, U- Utah did what they needed to do, but, but it, you know, it was, it was not quite the competitive college football contest that people hoped for. I, I'm curious about – if the fans left or didn't show up and if Coach Whittingham called Nick Saban about how to manage that appropriately. <laughs> tell uh, tell all of us one good thing about Idaho State football. The, the game no, or Idaho State Idaho in State particular? Fo- no, the, the rival, yeah. The third that was the third rivalry game in a in a row for Utah, so <laughs> it was nice to see the Utes come out on top against the the mighty Bengals, and uh, the best, I will tell you the best thing that happened relative to Utah-Idaho State. I was listening to the Idaho State radio broadcast, which was fairly entertaining, and at one point, uh, the, the Idaho State, you know, the Idaho State guys kept saying things like, oh, if we, you know, if we just didn't make some of these mistakes. <laughs> You know, like maybe we'd be in, maybe we'd be in this game, and and you know they were talking about well you know you got to yeah you have to play these games and and you take your lumps and the color commentator said something along the lines of yep you know you got to come here you got to take your medicine and I just hope the check doesn't bounce. <laughs> and I thought I thought that was hilarious. He just kind of put it all into per- per- perspective. That's what you go down there for. And by the way, that check, whatever they earned, which I would, I'm guessing is on the order of $500,000, that check not only supports what the football program and what they're doing, but it supports lots of programs, lots of athletic programs, and provides lots of opportunities on campus. So... I mean, I, I think there's what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is you take a game like that, it's kind of a stinker for Utah. You get your win, um, but there's certainly a benefit for for Idaho State. Well, let's talk about the benefit for Utah, Frank. Did did the the team get the work they needed to to properly prepare them for uh, the game this week against USC? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't. I would say no. 
I mean, I think the team improved like they should. It, Utah managed Idaho State the way they should. I mean, it should be kind of a, a boring game. Utah should run the ball effectively. They certainly did that. Throw the ball effectively. Yep, no turnovers, no sacks, dominating defensive effort, all of the things that they did. All the, but, but the problem I see is that, you know, when you, when you, it, it happens a lot when you go into any, any athletic event. The team that kind of has to grind through a series, like especially like a playoff series in the NBA, the team that has to grind through a series and finds their themselves on the next series, that's the team I always think is the hardest team to beat because they understand the mentality, the toughness it takes to get through that series. And I don't know that Utah has been pushed to that level yet. They're going to get pushed on Saturday, and now we have to see – how they'll respond. We don't have like a, a good sample size to see how they'll respond under significant pressure. So that's a big wild card going into this game again, into a, a game against a team that's, you know, has their back against the wall. And are they going to rally around the coach who's, who knows if he's going to make it through the season or, or the end of the season? And, and there's tons of athleticism. So I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a very challenging, very difficult matchup for Utah this weekend. They're going to rally around the coach, all right. The question is, which coach? Is it going to be Clay Helton or Urban Meyer? I don't know, one or the other. So, based on the information that you've seen, you've gathered on USC, how do you see this game playing out? What do you think? Uh, what What is the challenge that USC is going to offer the Utes? Is it that air raid offense? And if the freshman quarterback can eliminate some of the mistakes, then that's a real threat to Utah's secondary. Or do you? What, what are you seeing? It's it's the athleticism. I don't know that it's the scheme per se. I mean, I I think you could say, well, USC is running the pro style offense this year, or USC is running the spread at the option attack this year, or or USC is running the air raid offense. I don't necessarily believe the scheme is the difference for USC. I believe it's the athleticism on the field that is almost always the difference. And then you have to execute correctly, absolutely. But, but to me, it's who knows when, when that, all of that talent and all of that athleticism is going to, is going to explode on, on the football field. So I thought maybe we saw it against Stanford, but then Stanford turned around and they don't look like they're that that's spectacular. So maybe that game against Stanford wasn't that telling for, for USC. And, and then certainly the mistakes USC made against BYU were, were damning in that game. It's, it's, it's just the, it's the talent, the ability to, to make incredible plays because of the physical attributes of the guys on the field. That's the thing that makes me the most nervous. I'm, uh, you know, I thought USC got outcoached last weekend. And I would say that, that Coach Whittingham is going to have his team prepared and ready to play. And the, the difference in the athleticism isn't as great as it used to be, but I still think that the advantage goes to the Trojans. Frank Dolce with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You talk about BYU's game plan, how they dropped eight. Uh, do you expect Utah to do something similar, or is that not necessary for the Utes? I don't expect Utah to, to deviate from their typical game plan unless it's necessary. I would, I would suspect that Utah would incorporate that style of defense in particular situations 
uh, just as a mix-up to what they do. But you just you can't go into this game and say, hey, we're going to trick everything up and we're going to go away from what we do because Utah doesn't. It's a good matchup because Utah matches up physically with USC really well. So you don't you don't have to change necessarily change your scheme. You have to execute your scheme, and I would suspect Utah to to do the same thing. Rush their four guys, have the two linebackers, uh, five defensive backs, run their scheme, and then at times mix it up because you do have a freshman quarterback and you want to give him different looks and you want to make him think and you want to make him stand in the pocket and you want to make him really decide what he wants to do with the ball before he does anything with it. So the, the worst thing that could happen to Utah is you let USC offensively get into any sort of rhythm or let the coach or, or let the uh, quarterback get into any sort of rhythm because that's when you know, four wide receivers that are likely all going to be drafted in the first three rounds, they, they can wreak havoc on a defense. So man for man, which program do you think has better athletes overall? USC. So the diff- man, USC. The, then the difference between these two teams is the way that talent is organized, the way it's coached up. Yeah, yeah. I, I said that I said that uh Slovis was mentally and physically prepared to play against Stanford. And it sure looked like that. Um, and then they had the athletic advantage, certain significant athletic advantage in that game. And, and the execution was good, and, and it all went USC's way. Uh, I would say that he was not mentally prepared as well to go against BYU and – I, I don't know what happened on the sidelines. Like, what, where were the coaching adjustments on the sidelines? Where, when did somebody come over to him and say, hey, you know, they're dropping eight people into coverage. That's going to make passing lanes really tight and really difficult. And you have time to throw. They're only rushing three. So take your time and find the open guy. You know, they're not going to put pressure on you just rushing three guys. Or, you know, why didn't someone say, hey, you know, they're only rushing three. Let's, let's uh, beat them up in the run game a little bit here and there. It seems like they did that a little bit, and then they went away from it. So, so that's what I mean is I just don't think that, that the coaching, the, the adjustments occurred during that football game against BYU for USC because athletically I don't think it's a contest. You, you might say that that uh, Zach Wilson is the X factor because they couldn't, you know, he's very difficult to stop. And, and USC certainly had a, dif- a difficult time slowing him. So maybe he's the X factor. But, but athletically, I just don't think there's any question that USC brought a superior, talent-wise, a superior team. Frank, one of the very few positions Utah had turnover at this year was offensive line, and we talked a lot about that throughout camp. And it seems so far, anyway, through three games, like they've performed really well. Would you agree? I think they need to get better. I, I think they've done, like, when you, when you go through three games, no matter what three games you play and you don't give up any sacks, then, you know, you're going you're to say, well, that's, that's pretty darn good. But uh, then you have to say, well, you know, Tyler Huntley escaped a few times as well. So, you know, that's, that's a good combination of decent play up front and a quarterback that has some escapability. And then when you say, well, Zach Moss ran for over 10 yards to carry against Idaho State, well, he should. I mean, the, the offensive line should do that against against Idaho State. Well, his average wasn't quite that good against, against Northern Illinois. I mean, that, that was uh, four-point 
per, per carry average. So that's not great. That's not Zach Moss numbers. So shouldn't you dominate Northern Illinois? I mean, that's a, that's a team that you should, you seems like you should beat up a little bit, even though they're, they're pretty darn good. Different conferences, different talent level. So I think the offensive line has at times been really good. They're better than I thought they were going to be or better than maybe I was, you know, thinking they would come out of camp with all of the with, with all of the question marks about that group. But this is going to be their most significant test, and those guys are going to have to perform extremely well. You just don't – I think Tyler Huntley's been very good making decisions, and he's going to have to be very good making decisions on, on Friday night. And you just don't want to put him in a situation where he doesn't have enough time in the pocket or he's throwing under duress because that – seems to spell doom for the youth offensively. So what are you, uh, what are you predicting as far as a, a score goes for this game Friday night? Uh, and the reason I ask that is not just because I want to find out who you think is going to win, but uh, the nature of the game. Uh, do you think it'll be there will be points scored? Do you think it'll be low scoring? How do you think it's going to roll? To be honest, I think it's more of a low-scoring low affair, even though USC is giving up lots of yardage. Um, I, I, I just feel like everything with everything at stake in the conference game and at the Coliseum, and I just think it's a low-scoring affair, sort of like a 24 to 17 kind of a game. Uh, maybe a you know a, a you know a, a, a street fight at the line of scrimmage, a brawl sort of a, sort of a game, because that's what you know Utah wants to make it that. Utah wants to make it a brawl. They feel like they have the advantage there. They want Zach Moss to punish people, and they want to be good at the line of scrimmage, and then you want to keep you off balance in the passing game. And maybe we'll see them open up the offense a little bit more for for Tyler Huntley, especially in the run game, Um, and then just win the battle at the defensive line and force bad plays and – Take away the run game and force bad throws, and so so I just don't see it necessarily going into like a, you know, up into the 30s. If Utah gets into the 30s, I think they win that game. I I just don't see it happening. I think it's a 24-17 kind of bloodbath, and Utah comes out on it. You can catch Frank coming up on Friday night with Hans Olsen starting at 6 o'clock at the point after for our Ute pregame and, of course, Ute postgame at the point immediately following. Frank, enjoy the food down there, and we'll catch up with you next week. I really appreciate it. I hope to get a chance to work with you again on the pre- and postgame show, although I think Hans, uh, there's a jealousy factor that he might be inserting himself into that (laughs) broadcast. He should be jealous. We have great chemistry. Absolutely. There's no question. Thanks, buddy. You're the man. Thanks, you guys. Frank Dolce. Did you just break your armpit and yourself on the back? Well, yeah, I did. I kind of strained it. I don't know if I broke it, but, you know, a little sore. (laughs) I'll be all right. I'll survive. That's Uh, good stuff. Do you agree with Frank? Do you think it's going to be kind of a defensive struggle? Um... No, not necessarily. His defense is not particularly good. Yeah, or hasn't performed that way. But I, I mean, like we always talk about, they've got athletes on that side of the ball. So yeah. if they actually decide to play, then certainly it could turn out that way. This is one of those games where you absolutely have to agree with Kyle Whittingham about the turnover factor. Yeah, uh, that's just huge here. 